Hey there, this is Danny Sunshine Bauer from Better Leaders, Better Schools, and the School Leadership Series, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Make sure you check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com and get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one. Welcome back for another episode of the Leader of Learning podcast, the show where educators can come find inspiration to transform education through effective leadership. I'm your host, Dan Krinas. Let's get started. Leaders of Learning, welcome back for another episode, episode 31 of the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I have a really great episode in store for us this week. This week, my guest is Kyle Hamstra, who is a STEM specialist in North Carolina. And one of the things that I speak to Kyle about, in addition to his work as a STEM specialist and the importance of STEM education in general, is the idea of sharing resources. And Kyle has lots of great ideas, including using Flipgrid and hashtags to really not only curate information and curate different elements of curriculum, but also to really share and disseminate and collaborate through the use of hashtags and and other resources. And as I was speaking with Kyle, one of the things that really struck me is this idea of collaboration. And I don't know about you, but I know that over the last few years of my educational career and and leadership opportunities, one of the biggest influences and biggest support systems and, and really one of the biggest nudges that I get is from my PLN or my professional learning network. And so I think it's great that Kyle and people like him, and you know who I'm talking about, you see him out there everywhere on Twitter and Instagram and other social media that they're sharing resources, they're putting out content, and really more importantly, they're creating ways for us, teachers, educators, administrators, to access that content, share that content, and a lot of times even interact with it and, and, and put our own spin on it. Anyway, here's my interview with Kyle. I know that you'll enjoy it just as much as I did recording it with him. Guys, I have a great guest with me on this episode, uh, a friend of mine, uh, a fellow ASCD emerging leader, someone who I think I share lots of uh, not only connections with, but just some personal feelings and philosophies toward education. My guest on this episode, Kyle Hamstra. Uh, Kyle, welcome to the show. And if you could, please introduce yourself for everybody. Hey, thank you, Dan. It's an honor to be here on Leader of Learning podcast. Thank you so much. I am a STEM specialist at Davis Drive Elementary School in Cary, North Carolina. My first 15 years or my first 14 years, I was a fifth grade math and science teacher and I loved it. It was a dream position. And now I'm in a different role as a STEM specialist. And it's also uh, an awesome time, another dream position. So I'm just starting my 17th year and just really loving what I'm doing. And I'm also starting to pursue my master's in school administration. Excellent. Excellent. So let me talk about uh, the, the STEM stuff for a minute. Actually, in, in my school, uh, not last year, the year before, we for the first time, we started a STEAM class. We added the A in there and make it make it the STEAM class. Um, and you know, even though my personal classroom experience is on the other side of the coin, I'm more of the the English and, and reading kind of guy, and, and I don't really know that much about math and science. I was able to learn a lot more 
um, by helping as the instructional coach at my school, helping to kind of found and, and create that STEAM class. I guess, uh, you know, talk to us about STEM education and the importance of it and uh, a little bit more about, uh, you know, what what you and people in similar positions kind of offer up to their schools and their districts. Oh, wow. What a loaded question, because I believe that just the phrase STEM can mean so many different things, so many different people and locations for sure. One thing that I absolutely love about the STEM special um, that I am in the position of right now is that uh, our flexibility. So we can pretty much do anything on campus, which would be outside or inside or in other spaces in the school. Um, We can extend what the teachers are doing in their math or science lessons. We can have a completely hands-on experience that's separate from the specific standards, yet might still be curriculum related. Uh, We try to integrate a ton of technology, and it's all about students and them moving and having hands-on learning experiences and just having a lot of fun, learning for the sake of learning, having fun and being passionate in what we're doing. Um, I absolutely love it. You know, one of the things that I really enjoy about the STEAM class at at my school, and and especially the fact that I got to kind of help create it, is to me, a a class like that, or just STEM uh, in general, whether it's a separate class or not, um, you know, we, we all want to, and I think the goal of, of any classroom teacher at this point should be to really personalize learning and um, not only address different learning styles, but certainly different interests and abilities. And I feel like in a lot of ways, STEM is all about that. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. I would say that in my position right now, I am a specialist. And so I see nearly 900 students on a seven-day rotation. And so relationships are the foundation of every learning experience. And I believe everything that we do as educators, yet sometimes relationships look differently in different positions in the school. And we can still give personalized learning opportunities, even though specialists have a different kind of relationship with students than, say, a classroom. That's an interesting point. Um, and, and how is it that you get to see 900 students? <laughs> Our school, uh, kindergarten through fifth grade, has nearly 900 students in an enrollment. We've been at over 1,100 before. Um, this is about the lowest we've been in a long time. That's a lot of that's a lot of kids. It is. It's fun though. It's it's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, so when I when I reached out to you uh, to do this, and and it's taken us a little while, uh, but I appreciate you coming on and. Uh, and I appreciate even more the fact that I know that you're a loyal listener of the show, and and uh, I'm really really grateful for you to come on and and be on as a guest joining me here. But when we when I reached out, uh, one of the things you said that was a, a topic of interest to you, and I wanted to ask you about is um, in general like networking, networking educators, and also resources to make teaching and learning better. Can you talk about that a little bit? Oh my, yes. Um, That is a passion of mine. And if I could share the history and my reasons why I'm so passionate about networking educators with each other, but also networking educators with resources that are relevant and meaningful. So when I was a fifth grade math and science teacher starting in 2002, but really in about 2005, our um, science as a subject started being tested and pilot testing and field testing starting in about 2005. And so therefore, in education, whether it's um, a good thing or a bad thing is a whole nother 
topic of conversation, I'm sure, but it started to draw more attention. And science had, had always been a passion of mine to begin with. And we started looking really closely at the curriculum, the standards and the objective. And we went through another curriculum adop adoption shortly after that. And we found ourselves going through kits, which, of course, you don't teach the kit. You teach kids and you try to align individual learners to the content. But we found that our resources that we had, especially our kits and our hands-on resources, didn't always align and they didn't always match, particularly fifth grade weather you. So Dan, let me ask you, can you tell me how the sun creates a sea breeze or a land breeze? Well, Kyle, uh, no, I, no, no, I cannot. Can <laughs> I can you, safely say that I cannot. As a fellow adult and educator, can you tell me how and why seasons occur? Whose podcast is this anyway? You're asking me all these questions now? No, I, I, I don't. I, I don't know when I would have learned that or if I learned that, but no, I, I, in my adult years and, and having not learned that or not learned that in a long time, I really don't know. And it's amazing that we are expecting 10 and 11 year olds know abstract concepts like these. And it really got my mind thinking, where are we getting a resource? Something that hasn't changed, Dan, and this is maybe for a reason or two, is that educators and especially classroom teachers are working harder than ever before. And I think if you're an educator and it's easy, you're probably not doing the job for the sake of education per se, right? So in some regards, being an educator never gets easy, but it seems like educators are doing more with less and working harder than ever before. And so going back to my story, I started thinking these resources are all around us. We have everyday examples of what we're trying to learn, yet some of the kits or some of the resources that we happen to have in our school acquired uh, through a variety of different sources, uh, sometimes they didn't always match up. And so I'm thinking when I'm, I'm thinking about life and I'm thinking about when I'm out on vacation traveling, here's an example of erosion and it's perfect and it's personal to me. So I take a picture of it. Um, here is something that I saw on TV, even a Jeopardy question, if you will. I would pause the TV and take a picture of it. Here's something I found that on the internet that's exactly what I've been trying to say or what I've been trying to have students embrace for a long time. I'd print it out. And so I would actually print these pictures or anything from the internet, cut them out, and I would use double-sided tape, and I would put them on a poster board, and I would write the standard and objective underneath. It was almost like a science fair trifold, except I'd created it. And then I would ask the students to say, how does this have to relate to what we're learning? And that actually happened as unique as it may sound. But educators are doing this all the time. They're taking, they're trying to re relate real life to their campus learning experiences. They're trying to make that connection. They're trying to build the bridge. Or what I would say is they're trying to spiderweb. And they're trying harder than ever because they're doing more with less. And so I'm a late I'm a latecomer. I'm late to the game, but I didn't join Twitter until August of 2013. And the only reason I joined Twitter is so I would have a digital space, a free digital space to store these resources. So literally in class, I could bring up a picture of that vacation. I could um, find the internet link very quickly. I just went to my Twitter account and then I found myself scrolling and I thought, you know, we really need to kind of categorize this. 
almost like the Dewey Decimal System of the 21st century or the Dewey Hashtag System. And so after a few conversations with people in my school, I had developed this hashtagging system specifically just for fifth grade science. So now when I see a resource, I would hashtag it with my specific curriculum standard and objective. And now when I'm having life experiences, I think that that's kind of like what we're learning. Hold on a second. Let me go back and check. And I actually have downloaded the PDFs from our state's curriculum on the internet to my phone. And I have to constantly go back and double check the standard. I tweet it with the actual standard in the hashtagging system that I created. And doing that several times in a row, I now have the curriculum memorized. And not just for fifth grade. Now that I'm a STEM specialist for all of elementary school, I have the entire K-5 science curriculum for our state of North Carolina memorized. And I love hashtags, but it's fun to use hashtags uh, for humor, right? You see people doing that all the time. That's funny, but I take hashtags seriously because it's one symbol that can change the game, change the world in education. I like that. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, You know, I, I, what I really like about what you're saying is it's not just about creating hashtags and having fun with it. It's not just about um, curating resources at at the core. It's, it's about making teaching and learning easier. And and I think really the, the best word, correct me if I'm wrong, is making it more accessible for everyone, right? Exactly. Exactly right. You are so right. So Dan, how about this? I, I got to thinking, um, and I've been in contact with my district about this as well. What if every district or state had their own hashtagging system for all of their curriculum? In some ways, still to this day in 2018, it's almost like curriculum or exactly what we're learning. It's kind of secret still. It's posted on the internet. It's there, but it's kind of secret And I think that if we communicated it better and in a more efficient manner, we could celebrate the learning. It could be listen, even even as you say that, and I'm guessing there are going to be teachers and other educators out there who who may see both sides of this, your side and my side. My side, I'm saying, you know, and I'm coming back into the classroom right now after a few years of being out of the classroom. um, I don't even have a curriculum that I can go and search for on the internet or that's um, provided to me by my district. And and that's not to throw my district under the bus. It's not really what I'm trying to do here, but um, it's kind of just uh, for lack of a better term, it's, it's sort of piecemeal. And, um, and so on a personal level, I can really appreciate this curation and and this accessibility when it comes to different resources and, and different curricula because I just know that in my experience, uh, it's been something that uh, I've I've sort of just kind of had to wing it sometimes. And and that's a little bit of what I'm doing right now. You know, I I have all these tools and resources that in 13 years of of being in education myself that I, that I can go to, you know, they're, they're easy, they're tricks up my sleeve, things like that, but uh, it's tough. So yeah, that's why I really appreciate that, that hashtagging system and just making those resources more accessible. Can you imagine if every state had a hashtagging system? You'd then be able to see similarities between states. This has huge potential. And and another uh, point of view is there will be times I'll never get to see the same educator down the hall who teaches the same thing. But if they would hashtag resources to the same objective, we could begin our planning sessions with resources they found or that have been posted by other educators. And and educators four hours down the road who have the exact same curriculum. The Leader of Learning podcast is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. 
the Education Podcast Network, podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. For more great podcasts, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. The Leader of Learning Podcast is also a proud member of Voice Ed Radio, changing the way you talk about education. To listen to more great education content, please visit voiceed.ca. Like one of the tech tools that I know we're both passionate about and, and ambassadors for is Flipgrid. And I've seen you put out grids even on snow days and um, around around your state and, and trying to, uh, again, you know, network those educators together. But but even more importantly, perhaps um, pool resources and, and just kind of bring people together and, and, and get them on the same page. And I, I mean, I feel like I appreciate that. I'm not even, you know, part of your state or, or teaching the same, um, you know, curricular content areas as you are. But, uh, but I, I, I like what you're doing there. Thank you, Dan. I really appreciate that. I think one of the biggest challenges in education today is to uh, facilitate learning experiences that are meaningful, that are memorable, uh, that are relevant, that are student-centered, while still learning the standards and the curriculum. I think that is a very, very big challenge we have, and a tool that can help amplify student voice, but also connect us very specifically, is Flipgrid. I am very passionate about that. I know, as you say, you are too. And so what I've done is I've taken my hashtagging system, which I call hashtag 180. And going back to the uh, whole trying to start a movement thing with a hashtag, I learned a lot about that too as well, because it's actually the symbol hashtag and then the word hashtag and 180. And 180 was based around a 180-day school calendar um, that we happen to have here in my district in North Carolina. Anyway, the hashtag system met Flipgrid. So I've created a grid for all of elementary science in the state of North Carolina. Each topic is a different uh, standard or a different objective. So there are 89 objectives in elementary school in North Carolina for science. And I have a topic for each one of those. And I've extended the invitation to all science teachers in elementary school in North Carolina to share at least one post in this grid in one of the objectives. And so if we had one fifth grade teacher in every county post a resource or actually a video from their learning space about how they're learning, how and why the seasons occur, just one in every county in North Carolina, we would have 100 resources in that one topic in this grid. And so you bring into the option of having video as well. And how about this, Dan? What if you eventually duplicate the grid and have students doing, students submitting videos anywhere, anytime about how their learning is meaningful to them? I think this has a lot of potential. Here's, here's what I love. You know, one of the, one of the topics of interest that uh, you mentioned you wanted to talk about when, when I reached out and, and set up this interview is also leadership. And, and don't think I uh, forgot about your comment before about getting into another master's program. But what you're doing is is leadership, man. I tell everybody on on these episodes uh, every single time, you know, uh, you can be a leader of learning no matter where you are and who you are. So I think you're doing that, Kyle. I really appreciate you coming on again. And and of course, uh, as we're running out of time, if you could before we go, just let everybody know where where they could find you. I know you mentioned the uh, hashtag hashtag 180. Now just so it's it's the symbol. The, the hashtag symbol and then the word hashtag 180. That's, of course, uh, one of those resources that, that you've been talking about. Um, but where else uh, where else can people find you? Yes, sir. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate that. Um, of course, I'm active on Twitter every single day. I'm at Kyle Hamstra and my website is kylehamstra.com. And I'm just 
getting into the experience of connecting with educators very specifically on Instagram and Facebook as well. Awesome. Well, I'm on all those places too, and I think we're connected everywhere. And so, uh, again, my friend, Kyle, thank you so much. I could talk to you all day, Dan. We'll do this again. Thank you so much for having me. My thanks to Kyle again for giving me some time and being a guest on this episode. Just to recap again, I just love what Kyle said about those resources and creating content and sharing content. His idea of the use of hashtags, I think, is tremendous and and very creative and, frankly, really innovative. If you're not already connected with Kyle on social media, please find him on any or all of the ones that he mentioned between Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And as always, if you have any feedback for me about this episode or this podcast, definitely don't hesitate to reach out to me or connect with me on social media as well. Well, that's a wrap on this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done so yet, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite way to listen. Also, if you like what you heard, please recommend this podcast to other educators, leaders, friends, or anyone you think would love listening and learning. And don't hesitate to leave a positive review on iTunes or whatever service you use to listen. For more information, head over to leaderoflearning.com. There you can also find the Leader of Learning blog, ways to connect on social media such as Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Voxer, sign up for our newsletter, and even how to purchase Leader of Learning merchandise. Thanks again, and remember, no matter who you are or where you are, you too can be a Leader of Learning. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.